Good morning, Warhawks. You're listening to 91.7 The Edge, WSUW Whitewater. And for the next hour, we'll discuss current events and updates during your favorite news segment, Warhawk Weekly. That's right, your favorite news show has returned to 91.7 for another semester. And for another semester, I will be your host. But today is a very special episode because we have Gadiosa Traore going with us for today's show. Gadiosa, welcome to Warhawk Weekly. We are so excited to have you here today. Gadiosa is here for a very special episode because we will be addressing an underlying and often overlooked issue that's occurring on campus here in UW-Whitewater. So stay tuned to find out more. This is Warhawk Weekly on 91.7 The Edge. You're listening to Warhawk Weekly, your home for current campus news. Right now, Gadiel, so please tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I'm happy to be here with you. So my name is Gatioso and I go by Claire Sue, if that's easier for you. And I'm majoring in political science and legal studies. I'm a senior and I'll be graduating in May. So yeah, I'm an involvement intern also on campus and I'm a strong, passionate and advocate for gender equality whether it's on campus or everywhere. So yeah, that's basically about me. I love that. And the reason that we have our very special guest today is because March is Women's History Month, if you didn't know. And here at 91.7, we want to recognize and honor the women in our lives and continue to bring awareness to issues surrounding women's rights. So today, we're going to be focusing on period poverty. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with the term period poverty, it describes the struggle many low-income women and girls face while trying to afford menstrual products. The term also refers to the increased economic vulnerability women and girls face due to financial burden posed by menstrual supplies. And Gaddy also is an advocate for ending period poverty on campus of UW-Whitewater. So can you please tell us a little bit about your advocacy work and what you do? Oh yeah, currently we're working on the period poverty on campus. We just want to raise awareness on the issue because it's something that is taboo. We're not talking about it and students are going through about um, through it. And we want to raise awareness first on it and also educate people on the subject and also raise um, funds, raise products for students in need and also have the school to fund products that will be going on every semester so that we want to have free pad, free tampon and also have a more inclusive product because we just have one kind of tampon, of pad in tampon on campus, which is you have to pay it in the bathroom. And the only place you can find free product is at the food pantry and that's very far and not everybody has the means to go I mean you can go over there but still it's far we want to have like a more accessible products on campus being more inclusive for everybody to have like all kind of shape and size yeah so that's how uh, what we want to do on campus about peer poverty I love that that's yeah. so cool and when did you originally begin your advocacy work so like how did you learn about period poverty what uh, like brought you to the subject to be an advocate yeah I work on peer poverty in 2021 with some friend that was back home. I'm originally from Burkina Faso in West Africa, so we did a kind of work there to raise awareness on the issue that was on in May, and it was just to raise awareness and also raise funds and educate people on the subject. And I did not know that in the U.S. I would have to experience kind of uh, subject. And I remember this semester one day I had my pe- no last semester I had my period. 
and I, I live in Madison. I commute every day to Whitewater. I forgot all my products at home and it was really hard for me to get products here on campus. I was looking everywhere. I'm like, oh, where can I find a product? And I went even to the Amber Health because I experienced menstrual um, pain to get some product and they do not give free products if you have menstrual pain. Nobody provides free products. I did not know about the food pantry and I had to go to the Walgreens to get products there and it was a little bit late because all my clothes were bloody so right, yeah by that time i mean yeah how many minutes how <laughs> many know. hours have passed yeah. yeah i did not go in class that day i had to go back home and that's the i'm like wow if i had to experience it and thank god i had the means to go and buy the product what if it's someone who did not have the means to go to walgreen or no money to get those products what would that person do so i start questioning myself like what the school is doing about that because it's not our fault it's like something natural and we don't have to be blamed about it or like ignore that nothing is happening something is happening we're going through this it's real and what are you guys doing about it? And yeah, that's when I start questioning myself and I start looking around, seeing what the campus is doing for students, uh, also what the campus is providing for us, and I did not find nothing. So that's where I start the campaign advocacy. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, we kind of already touched on it, but why is this cause so important to you? Is it because it hits so close to home or? No, I think it's really important to me because we go through it i think half of the population go through it and it's not like something that is not existing and the fact that people are ignoring it making sounds like nothing is happening really bothers me because it's like a natural things that's going on in our body and we did not ask for it and i want to raise awareness on it like this is something serious and this is really important for me because um i, I had the means to to buy those stuff in common class what if someone did not have all the means they that person would stay like somewhere and be ashamed and that would cause like uh, school failures and also like some mental health issue and also being ashamed not being like proper in your body you don't want people to know about stuff going on yeah and i think like if it was like me even if it's only one person that is going through it it's still important we still have to do something about it so yeah i think we if we have like half of the population going through something we need to raise awareness on this issue we need to work on it no, I 100% agree. I mean, as you mentioned, half the population is going yeah. through it, and it's still such a taboo yeah. subject, talking about menstruation, especially publicly on the radio like yeah. we're doing today. <laughs> um, but can you tell me what you're currently doing to bring awareness to period poverty at UW-Whitewater? Yeah, um, I'm currently working with the student affairs, the vice president, the vice assistant chancellor, Frank. That is really sweet and cool and supportive. I'm working with him. Uh, we're working on the project to really um, touch every department to really um, let them know that this is an issue that's going on on campus and we need to do something. And actually we're on the discussion phase. We're discussing with people, we're discussing with our um, department to know like what they know about it and what we can do about it and how we can help students. And I think the most important part that we're doing right now is also to collect student experience. What they know about poverty, period poverty, if they ever experience period poverty and how they want us to really tackle this issue. I think that's the, more, uh, the most important part because it's for them that we're doing this. And if we're doing this without like the, uh, um, the idea on it, we want to know like 
especially and exactly what they want us to do and how they want us to proceed and how it's gonna be beneficial and helpful for them so yeah we actually discussing with a um, bunch of people students and also to have people getting involved and i think the next phase will be to raise funds and have a not food drive but product drive uh, to have it available at the food pantry and the next phase we will like where we can places on campus have like strategic places on campus where you can access it easily and freely Right. And even you mentioned, I mean, there's a lot of other campuses that I know are already having free menstrual products yeah. in the bathrooms for women. Um, so would you say that's kind of a part of your advocacy where you're hoping the campus yeah. leads to? Yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's the main goal. We want to have free products on campus and we want the school to fund the free products on campus and also make it accessible. We just don't want like only the food pantry to have the product and you have to like walk miles to get go there and get it so we want to have like strategic places that are gonna be like really um, easy for students to access it and also like we don't want to hide it but it's gonna be okay oh if I have a period that's the place where I can get like free products I don't have to worry about something I don't have to worry about anything so yeah right right I mean especially putting them in strategic places I feel like is really important because if I'm in Anderson yeah. or Heidi and something happens mm -hmm. I don't I have 10 minutes to exactly, walk to the food yeah. pantry and what if the food pantry is closed I know, so yeah. accessibility is really really important so thank you for sharing a little bit of your story no with us today I have a ton more questions for yeah. you and I'm sure our listeners do too but we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we'll be discussing how period poverty is affecting women Welcome back to Warhawk Weekly. My name is McLean Naki, and today I am joined by Gadioso Treore. We are discussing the impact that period poverty is having on women in our community today. And for those of you who may not know what period poverty is, it is defined as lacking access to menstrual products, education, and hygiene resources needed when having a period. So let's talk about it. When Aunt Flo arrives each month, chances are you reach for a pad, tampon, or menstrual disc and go about your day as usual. But for folks experiencing period poverty, the lack of access to these products can disrupt their health, education, and even ability to work. Period poverty isn't just an issue developing countries face. Globally, it's estimated about 500 million folks who menstruate don't have access to period products and related hygiene resources. According to a small 2021 U-Bike Cortex survey, more than 40% of surveyed American adults who menstruate struggle to access period products at some point. This number increased and affected more black and Hispanic folks compared to a similar 2018 study, likely due to the effects of the pandemic. So what is period poverty? Well, like I said, period poverty is when an individual lacks access to period products as well as sanitation and other hygienic resources related to menstruation, such as functioning toilets, laundry facilities, and access to clean water, which is uh, explained by Dr. Jennifer Lincoln, who is a board-certified OBGYN. In the U.S., about 16.9 million peeps with periods live in poverty. And like poverty in general, period poverty stems from income disparities and lack of access to much-needed resources. Not to mention, periods have become expensive. A survey found that on average, a menstruating individual spends $13.25 each month on period products, which is equivalent to $6,360 over their entire lifetime. 
Many states still also tax menstrual products anywhere from 4.7% to 9.9%. Another 2021 Statistica survey found 16% of teens reported having to choose between buying period products and food or clothes. So how does period poverty impact health? Well, period poverty goes beyond financial concerns and can have a huge impact on physical and mental health. There's also a higher risk of infection. Without access to products like pads, cups, or tampons, people will often try alternative methods like rags, folded up tissues, or even newspaper. When products are used and are not meant to absorb menstrual blood, blood is not wicked away from the skin, says Lincoln, the certified OBGYN. This can cause infections such as the vulvar skin and skin irritation and breakdown. Folks who can afford some period products during their cycle may also use products longer than recommended duration, something 51% of teens surveyed admitted to doing so. This can lead to infections as well. A 2018 study of women in India also linked insufficient menstrual hygiene to a higher prevalence of yeast infections, urinary tract infections, bacterial vaginosis, and trichomyces. <clears throat> While rare, leaving a tampon in for too long can also lead to toxic shock syndrome. And this whole period poverty can lead to declining in mental health. Folks facing period poverty often report feelings of shame, embarrassment, and even guilt. It's also common for folks to feel upset and uncomfortable when they can't manage their periods. These feelings are also associated with existing stigmas around periods being dirty, even for people who do have access to menstrual care. A 2021 study of women in college found 68.1% of those dealing with period poverty showed symptoms of moderate to severe depression. It's also worth noting folks facing period poverty in general have a higher rate of depression. And not to mention, it limits social life, work, and education. Imagine not being able to go to school on your period because you lack money to buy pads. An Always Confidence and Puberty survey found one in five people reported leaving class early or skipping class entirely because they lack period products. Outside of the classroom, 45% of menstruators polled in an intimidia survey said that they canceled the date or left work early because they didn't have the correct supplies. So obviously this is a huge issue women are facing. And so Gadia, so what would you say is one of the more dangerous risks of experiencing period poverty? Yeah, I think you already mentioned it. Infections are really dangerous because having not having the, the right tool, the proper tools for managing your periods, it can be really hard and it can expose you to many infections. And also the second one, I would say mental health because you don't have the proper tools. That's first like a, an issue. And also um, coming to work or at school, having to knowing that you don't have the proper tool to manage your period can lead to depression, many type of uh, mental health, and also failing at school because you can miss school for that. You can miss um, your work for that. And personally, I experienced endometriosis due to really poor quality of menstrual product, and that was back home when I, we did not have the proper tools and we used like a really poor quality of product during our period. and. Uh, going along with the time, I, had, I mean, I experienced endometriosis and I'm still dealing with it. So I think that's a really big issue because not having the proper tools and also the means to manage a period and on top of that, having to deal with infections, you would not have like, 
you will not be able to go like to doctors and stuff to be able to help yourself and also help yourself with your infection or your mental health i think that's like um problems coming on top of another problem so yeah 100 mm -hmm. and as we've discussed period poverty can be dangerous for women so what can women experiencing period poverty do well after a quick break gadios and i will be delving more into the topic at hand this is warhawk weekly on 91.7 the edge all right, welcome back to Warhawk Weekly. I want to jump right back into our conversation about period poverty. As we've discussed earlier in the segment, period poverty can be dangerous when affected with women. So what can these women do? What options do they have? Yeah, and the option that they can have is first not be ashamed of um, not being able to afford products or even experiencing period poverty because, you know, they're not all, even some people who have the means sometimes travel with those products can be expensive very expensive sometimes don't be ashamed reach out for help and i think uh, on campus here we have the food pantry that provides um, products for free and also we have uh, many initiatives that are working right now to have like um products accessible on campus just like reach out for help and also ask questions and i think also between us that we mentioned we always tend to help each other you know i sometimes you can go to the bathroom and say oh i need help i need this one and someone will always have like one product with her and she will give it to you so always reach out and ask for help i think that's the first thing to do and also like advocate because um talk about it the, the one issue with that is like people tend to ignore the issue so if you don't talk about it they may not know about it or they can have the power to do something about it but they don't know that it's something you're going through it so advocate about it and also talk and also reach out for help 100% and I mean like you just mentioned if you're facing period poverty a key step is advocating for yourself a lot of what we talk about to young people is self-advocacy so how can you explain your needs without being shy if we went into a stall and there was no toilet paper we'd go to the custodian or person on site and say there's no toilet paper in here let's have the same amount of bravery when we talk about our need for period products it's another reason period poverty it keeps exacerbating itself is because there's so much shyness about it there's so much of a taboo surrounding it but once you're prepared to ask for help where do you go to request period products head to the same places you're typically donated food banks and shelters like we said on campus are a good place to start and if you're at school you can speak with a nurse or a teacher for women at UW-Whitewater, there are a few campus resources to help. University Health and Counseling Services offers a wide variety of women's health care, including services relating to menstruation. All students currently enrolled in UW-Whitewater classes are eligible for services. During the summer, students who are not enrolled in the summer session of students who have graduated in the spring can choose to pay a one-time fee to continue services at UHCS. Students who are enrolled in summer sessions can receive health services for no additional fee. UHCS provides comprehensive women's health care services such as referrals for specialty services. Some examples of services offered at UHCS include annual women well exams and pap tests, pregnancy testing, and comprehensive pregnancy options, counseling, and referrals, birth control and emergency contraception, testing and treatment for vaginal infection, including STIs, and menstrual cramps or menstrual disorder evaluation and treatment. And many of these services are offered to students for free or at a reduced low price. If you or someone you know is experiencing a lack of 
of health care resources or menstruation resources, please contact UHCS to set up an appointment. You can schedule appointments online at uhcsportal.uww.edu or you can call 262-472-1300 to set up a health service appointment. For counseling appointments, please call 262-472-1305. And with that in mind, we're going to take a quick break to digest all of the information we've been talking about today. But make sure you stay tuned because when we come back, we'll be discussing what you can do to help end period poverty. All right, welcome back to Warhawk Weekly. My name is McLean Nalke, and today I'm joined by Gadiosa Traore, and we are discussing the impact that period poverty is having on women in our community. Now, there's no denying that period poverty is a problem, and it's very real. So what is being done? Brands are highly aware of period poverty issues and have been taking steps to provide those in need with supplies. Here's just a snapshot of what some of the more mainstream period product brands have done. Always has donated over 50 million pads worldwide since their hashtag end period poverty campaign, which launched in March 2018. Tampax has distributed over 6 million tampons to organizations such as Feeding America. You by Cotex has donated more than 50 million products as a founding partner of the Alliance for Period Supplies. While donations from period product brands are great, they aren't going to reach every person in need or sustain a lifetime's requirements. Bottom line, donations aren't enough and nonprofit orgs like Period the Pad Product and Period Equity have stepped in to work with brands and move policy to address period poverty. If companies have become rich off the back of an essential need of half the world's population, they have a huge role to play. Products need to be affordable and accessible. If we're looking to solve this systematically, we need to have a lot more than that. Campaigners have long pushed to abolish the tampon tax and additional sales tax added to period products. While removing the tax won't make menstrual products free, this cost saving could make a difference. The good news is that there are signs of action being taken. According to the nonprofit Period Equity, 24 states have scrapped taxes on menstrual products, but 26 states still have the tax, including some of the country's poorest regions. We are also seeing a mon monumental shift in the amount of legislation addressing period poverty for the first time, and this is really exciting. In 2021, more than 30 states across the country saw legislators introduce menstrual equity policies. While not many of these have passed, note the fact that they were introduced in the first place. It's a huge wave of a shift. Since national policies lag, some states have also taken matters into their own hands to help offer free period products. Even if period poverty isn't something you face yourself, you can do plenty to support those experiencing it. The first step towards ending period poverty is to challenge the notion that periods are somehow dirty or shameful. Discussing period poverty with your friends, family, and community can also help ensure the topic isn't taboo. Challenging stigma can help encourage those experiencing period poverty to open up and request product they need. While you may not be able to speak your mind in the Senate, the more we converse and make the tackling of period poverty a priority, the greater the chance the government will recognize action needs to be taken. You can also reach out to local and state lawmakers about addressing period poverty in your community. Take the time to work with an organization actively helping folks facing period poverty. Food banks and local shelters also provide period products and they likely require supplies. You can also make monetary donations to or hold fundraising events or organizations working to end period poverty. 
Now, these are all great advocacy options, but there are more. Carioso, can you tell us a little more about how individuals at UW-Whitewater can get involved and be an advocate? Yeah, first, they can join us in the project. We really need people. We need um, people to join us and also to raise voices. If we have many voices, we can have like bigger impact. So they can join us and also they can initiate initiative, um, projects, um, product drive uh, directly from the organization or from the chapters or clubs. And also on talk about it with everybody, as we mentioned, it's talk about it every day. And also don't be ashamed of anything. And also be bold when you're talking about it. Don't be um, quiet, intimidated by anything. Be bold when talking about period poverty. Mention it everywhere where you can. And also you can join us in our advocacy effort to raise voices, to raise awareness, and also um, get people attention of like mostly influential people on campus to see this is an issue and we need something to be done and the bigger the voice is the bigger the impact will be right a hundred percent like you said talk about it it isn't as taboo as we yeah. make it it shouldn't be taboo definitely talk about it get the conversation going i agree 100 percent. and so why are you encouraging individuals to get involved why should students at whitewater care even if they're not affected by period poverty why should they care yeah you could not be affected by period poverty today you know the tomorrow you can be affected by period poverty anytime i thought i would not be affected by period poverty but i, I had to experience it here on campus so we never know you would you could not experience it here on at whitewater but you can experience it anywhere Wisconsin or even in the US or in the world so it's always important to get involved and also raise awareness and also tackle this issue whether it's on campus whether it's in the states or worldwide so we need individuals to get uh, to care to get involved and also to to join our hands together and also end this um, issue tomorrow you might be a mother you might be a father your daughter might go through this so it's always important to ensure that our future the next generation don't go through what we go through so it's always important right i mean like we mentioned earlier half the world's population yeah. is going through this exactly. half of the world's population can be affected by yeah. this so obviously it's a subject we need to address now yeah maybe your campus your roommate is going through it you don't know maybe your friend is going through it and you don't know so it's always important to get involved and also help us exactly i agree and if you have any questions um or you want to be further educated and involved who should they contact and what should they do um Actually, on campus, if you really want to know more about it, you can contact me and I will be more than happy to really uh, help you learn more about it. And you can contact the food pantry. The food pantry essentially they give product for free. And you can uh, reach out to the health center. There'll be, I'm sure they have like specialists that have like more understanding on the topic and that can help you more. But, and if you are interested in getting involved and also advocate, I'm really open and I would love to have people with me. <laughs> I'm sure. And so if they want to contact you directly, is there a phone number or an email that you'd like to give out? Yeah, you can reach out at my phone number. Can I give it to you? Of now? course, yes. Okay, yep. yeah, 718-530-4509. 718-530-4509. And also my campus email is T-R-A-O-R-G-B-26 uh, at 
www.nyu.edu. Perfect. All right. Thank you. And the move to end period poverty in Wisconsin has already started. More than 5,000 period products were distributed across 15 Appleton area school district schools to combat period poverty. The products are courtesy of the Monthlies Project, which is a new initiative aiming to provide menstrual health products at schools and bring awareness to period poverty issues. Period poverty, which is when someone does not have adequate access to menstrual products or education, is an issue that is affecting many students in the U.S., including students in Wisconsin. About 23% of students have struggled to afford period products according to a study by Thinks Inc. and Period. According to the Monthly's Project, period products cost about $13.25 per month, meaning a woman can spend an average of over $6,000 on products over her reproductive lifespan. A high cost leaves many relying on school districts or school clinics and nurses' office for products as many benefits like Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program and Special nu Supplemental Nutrition Program for women, infants, and children cannot be used to purchase them. Often the support in schools isn't there either though. A significant percentage of students, about three in five students, said they rarely or never find free products in school bathrooms or public bathrooms. Many said this makes them feel like their school doesn't even care about them. An even larger percent, 84%, said they have missed class time or know somebody who has because they didn't have access to period products according to an earlier study by Thinks Inc. Education about periods is also lacking. About 76% of students in the study said they're taught more about the biology of frogs in school than they are about the human female body. Many surveyed said they felt unprepared for their period. Those are just some of the reasons the Monthly's project was formed. Those collective efforts come from organizations such as Feeding America, Eastern Wisconsin, the Women's Fund of the Fox Valley, Fox Communities Credit Union, the Both Company, Coalesce Marketing and Design and Theta Care. The initiative is 100% supported by donations and has a fund through the Women's Fund of the Fox Valley. They're hoping to raise $100,000 to supply 625 girls with menstrual products for a full year. The initiative to deliver menstrual products to female students in Appleton is the first delivery the group will make. The move to end period poverty in Wisconsin has already begun and you are welcomed and encouraged to join the fight in your community. I want to thank Adioso Traore for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. I feel like I learned so much from you and your advocacy work and I'm so excited to see what comes next in your advocacy journey. And with that, do you have any final words for our listeners today? Is there anything you want them to know more about or keep in mind? Yeah, I would love them to really um, acknowledge the issue, to know that something is going on, and also don't be ashamed of anything. If you're going through period poverty, or even if you're not going through period poverty, it's always in, um, pleasant to be curious to know what other are going on, what your peers are going through, and also how you can help them out. And also, I want to thank you for really having me. You really well elaborate um, the topic here, and I'm really glad of all the research you you've made on the, <laughs> on the topic of that course. was like really fantastic yeah and also i really want to tell them that um people on campus here at whitewater are really supportive i was really afraid of the backlash and everything but to my surprise i got many 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 supports from prime ballet who was really sweet and supportive and also from many many campus leaders everybody was like really a listener supportive and also we really working to 
make the project work and also have um, free products on campus. So don't be ashamed, don't be afraid. There will be always someone to listen to you, always someone to support you. And also, I'm really open person. You can come to me at any time. Yeah, so that's my final word. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again. Would you like to give out your phone number or email one more time for those who want to get involved or for those who need somebody to talk to about creative property? Yeah, sure. My phone number again is 718-530-4509. 718-530-4509. And my email is traorgb26 at www.edu. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And if for some reason you didn't have a pencil in your hand or you can't remember the phone number, you are more than welcome to call the station and I can forward you over to Gadioso here. If you'd like to call the station, have more questions about wanting to get involved, things of that nature, you can call the studio at 262-472-1312. That's 262-472-1312. You can ask for McLean. That is me, of course. And I will be more than happy, more than happy to uh, forward you over to Gadioso here. And like I said, thank you again for being our very special guest this thank week. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this time. <laughs> thank you. And you did an amazing job, and it was truly a pleasure to have you on the radio. Unfortunately, we are out of time for this week's edition of Warhawk Weekly. Join me every Tuesday from 10 to 11 to discuss the latest news affecting the Whitewater community. My name is McLean Naki, and I'm going to see you guys next week. Now let's get back to the music. You are listening to 91.7 The Edge, WSUW Whitewater.